As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to Live Bet Saturday, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Montobel, Danny Burke, alongside, of course, out in Chicago. So before we update everything going on, uh, and Elliot pointed this out, and this is something I wanted to get to because uh, we have not mentioned a matchup, Danny, between two top 25 teams. It would be NC State and Syracuse. Now, we knew today that Devin Leary was not going to play. Uh, that's not breaking news at all. And we actually got uh, from NC State the weird timetable of one to six weeks for his recovery. Well, this just comes across right now. Devin Leary is done for the year for NC State. So their quarterback out for the rest of the season. NC State, for those who remember, last time we saw them, uh, came back and somehow beat Florida State when we saw them uh, about a week ago. Now Syracuse is a three-point favor, total of 42. The news that comes down there is not going to have an effect because, again, as we knew, Leary was not going to play here. Does that have an effect for NC State, though, as the season moves along? An NC State team that had some pretty high aspirations in competing in this um, conference, and that's pretty much out the window at this point right now. But it's a pretty big blow for NC State, especially if like you go from one to six weeks to now done for the rest of the season. Yeah, a little bit of switch in pace. But in terms of this game, like you said, we knew this was going to be the outcome in terms of who was going to be playing quarterback the wolf pack this spread now you know you're seeing anywhere from pretty much three and you really haven't seen that much movement i suppose but i didn't care for this game too much jbt because i still am just not too convinced on syracuse but because of the quarterback situation for nc state i want to see how this offense looks surrounding the backup i want to see how the play calling may differ if anything and syracuse is kind of finally getting battle tested i feel like you could say i mean Look, that spot against Purdue would maybe arguably be their toughest spot up to this point. And yeah, they held on, but uh, you know how Syracuse can falter from time to time. We've seen it happen in the past, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happens in this game. So I could see why taking the points in this situation would be a tad more tempting. Again, I just need to see what we get out of this NC State offense. So I'm not concerned about the defense. They typically hold strong there. But, yeah, not ready to pre-flop bet on this offense that I don't know what to expect with. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I think your point is valid that Syracuse has not been tested when you look at who they have played so far. Louisville on the road against UConn. You mentioned Purdue on paper, their hardest opponent, toughest opponent, Virginia, and then Wagner. At the same time, I know there's a 15 next to NC State's name, and defensively, (laughs) uh, they might be a pretty solid squad. But Jack Chambers in that game against Florida State, and this is why it was shocking that Florida State lost that game. 0-1 for no yards. They ended up, the two the two guys that came in and threw passes after Leary went out with a negative five in the passing yards. 
their passing attack had absolutely nothing, like literally nothing against Florida State after Leary went down. And you do wonder if just because this is ranked an opponent, kind of along your road that you're going down here, Dan, which is, yeah, you might say that Syracuse hasn't played anybody, but with the loss of Leary, this might just be another nobody for Syracuse that they are facing. No, that's true. And then maybe at that point, too, if you're not all convinced on Syracuse and you have those issues with NC State, maybe betting the total under would be the most attractive play here at about, what, 42 in the hook. I mean, I don't like betting totals kind of under when it's that low, especially in college football when shenanigans can ensue at any given point. But that may be the top play because of all those reasons that we listed. You got to assume NC State's defense has to be their strong side of the ball in this game. They realize the responsibility that's falling on their shoulders now because, again, of what may not be there on offense anymore. So, yeah, maybe consider an under, or rather maybe consider a first half under because Syracuse may struggle out of the gates and then they'll eventually find a way to come through and once they do it will happen in the second half so if you're getting over 21 or you know uh, somewhere in that realm that could be somewhat of an attractive look in the first half but uh yeah nothing that i'm going to do officially in this game jbt um yeah i just think there's too many unknowns right now and i, and I should specify tara thompson was one of the guys thomas uh, was one of the players who did throw a, uh, a pass for NC State in the win over Florida State, but that he is a wide receiver. He was the only completion after Devin Leary left the game. Jack Chambers is 0-1. He ran the ball seven times. So like we're talking about, there's probably going to be a run-heavy attack for NC State and to build the case for them. Uh, Syracuse defensively has been really solid in their secondary 30th in EPA per play against passing attacks, but they are 121st in EPA per play against the run, something that they are going to face in bunches today against NC State with Jack Chambers in the driver's seat. Other updates as we are starting to enter the second half for a lot of these teams. A very good play from one Sean Clifford on the third and ten. How about it? Uh, again, though, like they're not really getting anything here, but Clifford steps up into the pocket when he's facing pressure. He completes a pass, and then now he's got holes in his pocket, baby, because he just dropped a dime on the right sideline, and Penn State is cooking. They are into Michigan territory. We're going to call this at the Michigan, eh, what, 30-yard line, 25-yard line. Actually, they're in the red zone. I mean, JVT, you know, we've kind of been joking about how bad this offense has been. But, yeah, two huge throws out of Sean Clifford looking like the quarterback that he had been up to this point, and he knew it was going to be tough against this Michigan defense, but their offense was just anemic in the first half. This is exactly how you have to come out in the second half after your defense stepped up, took part in really limiting the damage in this game, and then getting that pick six. You got to get the touchdown here, though. You, you can't just settle for the field goal, not only because we're going to be sweating out our bet, but again, because you know that getting this momentum offensively has not been coming too often, and you still are relying solely on your defense. So let's hope they can punch in six here, and Clifford gets into a little bit of a rhythm as, once again, kind of going in the fade in the end zone doesn't work, JV. Yeah, high not? percentage throw <laughs> of just uh, fade, like go one-on-one, -on -one, fade to the corner. I, I It's the stupid, I, I can't do that with football in general. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Penn State's going to attempt the field goal, and this is and uh. this is actually this is kind of the story of the game to this point. Outside of the explosive plays for Penn State, because they've gotten that the the Sean Clifford big run, Sean Clifford throw down the right sideline that they just completed to get here to this twenty seven yard attempt, uh, the defensive touchdown that they got as well. So big plays have been the theme, and all of them have gone in favor of Penn State. Speaking again to sustainability. But it also speaks to the fact that you have to capitalize on red zone possessions. Michigan has not yes. capitalized on those red zone possessions. Right now, if you're looking at the absolute like the red zone possessions for what are we talking about? I think they had four so far. Three of them have ended in field goals for Michigan. You've got to be able to punch those things in if you're the Wolverines. If you're getting opportunities inside the 20-yard line, and especially inside the 10, which they've gotten multiple ones, if you're settling for three. Then when those explosive plays, when the bad side of variance goes against you, Danny, you're going to be in a position where you are trailing 17 to 16 in a game that you have statistically dominated. Yeah, and you can kind of correlate that with looking at this total now. We see about 55 and a half at BetMGM with some shade to the under minus 115. If you think that these defenses can withstand the damage the offense does all the way up into the red zone, well, then touchdowns are really going to be coming at a premium. You may get one, maybe two more as of this point. I think looking at the under would be the right play as of this as of this mark of the game, because at least on the side of Penn State, two JBT, you get a – 
revitalized defense now that they got a break at halftime. They had to do so much in the first half and still did a tremendous job. McCarthy, we know, does go through his lapses where he'll struggle. So maybe Penn State gets a nice stop here, forces Michigan to punt. They're not going to be seeing that 55 and a half anymore. And we know that Clifford has had a trouble moving the ball downfield. It was great last time, but then you were limited in the red zone. I think looking at this under could be a good uh, good look right now based on what we have seen or lack thereof from the offenses. And, and I will say, too, we spoke about the lack of imagination, I guess I'll say, when it came to Penn State's play calling early. Very conservative, runoff tackle, little things like that. But when have the explosive plays come? When you put the ball in Sean Clifford's hands, the keeper on a read option, he gets a big run for you. He drops back, he climbs the pocket, completes a tough pass. The next play, he's down the right sideline. Like, kind of get a little bit more dynamic in the play calling, right? Like, give the ball to Clifford, who's kind of, like, arguably your better player on offense. That's when you kind of have success. Yeah, it really is. And that should have been kind of the idea from the get-go because Michigan does really have a good run defense. And Sean Clifford has been a reason Penn State's had some dominance offensively um, as really throughout the whole season and why I thought they were still going to be a good bet catching the seven against Michigan. It's not a favorable spot going to the big house and against a hardball led team that still is, you know, record wise been really great, but Clifford has had one of his better years. So look what happens when you're actually trusting him to throw the ball downfield. Don't settle for being conservative in this spot, Franklin, especially when you're in that underdog role and Clifford can make some magic happen so to speak, as we've seen in the couple of big plays. Uh, JV2, I do want to mention something really quick here. So Minnesota and Illinois, because I got my mm-hmm. eye on this game, sweat now Minnesota. And no, Tanner Morgan's 4 of 11 right now for just 21 passing yards, yet they're trailing by just six. Ibrahim has been carrying this team, but it's been so one-dimensional. There's been so much pressure on Morgan to where he's falling back and chucking up the ball. If Minnesota keeps it close, or ties this game. Again, I'm already invested, but if you aren't, I still got to think Illinois is the right side in this game because Morgan and his passing game have had no success whatsoever. So that's something to keep an eye on if Minnesota can keep it close. Good stat from the Fox broadcast. This is the first time this season that Michigan has trailed in the second half. Um, that also speaks to their schedule because they've played absolutely nobody. Um, but this is the first time Michigan finds itself behind in the second half of play. I want to update, for those who are just joining us, I do want to update everything going on in football because there are some scores that we alluded to but haven't really updated fully. Uh, Texas tacked on a field goal against Iowa State. Uh, so that is a 17-7 to game. Texas up on top of the Cyclones in game, 13.5 point spread in favor of Texas, total of 42.5. And, and I did not give the uh, full update. Auburn did get that field goal to go through. So at the break, Auburn is trailing 28-17. to It was a game in which they trailed 21-0. So Auburn fighting their way back into that contest, only down by 11 now. For a full game standpoint, 16.5 is the spread over at BetMGM, shaded to the Mississippi side of minus 125. Total at 70.5. And, and I was looking to make sure uh, that I saw this right. Um, okay, no, that was an old highlight. Just wanted to make sure. I thought Jason Bean maybe threw another interception. That is not the case. Um, that is still at the break. So Kansas and Oklahoma still 35-21 as we are waiting for them to resume play. So J.J. McCarthy and Penn State get the ball there, and we'll update everything that happens at some of these other games when we come back. We also have to get some of these other games uh, out of the way from a preview standpoint because we've done a lot in some of these early games and maybe the afternoon games, uh, but we have quite a bit left to go on the board, including really intriguing spot for Florida, who is just under a field goal favorite at home against LSU. That and more when we come back here on Live Bet Saturday. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough 
introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NBA Betting Guys Live, folks. NBA season starts this week, so make sure you check out our season prep for all 30 teams, win total recommendations for all 30 teams, my future bets in the association, plus analysis on MVP candidates, award candidates overall, and betting tips for beginning NBA bettors. Everything up there in the guide. You can only get it if you're a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Check it out at vsin.com slash subscribe. Sadness in my voice as uh, Michigan, with a big run, gets into the end zone. Converts the two-point play, so they now lead 24-17 to 17 over Penn State. A third and four in which J.J. McCarthy was in the grasp of a Penn State defender is converted with his athleticism. They extend that drive and ultimately ends in a touchdown. So, Michigan back up on top and with a touchdown lead here. Uh, let's head out. Let's find out what's going on with Tennessee in this matchup. I think they got a pretty good one. Wes Rucker is nice enough to give us some time. Tennessee college football reporter, 24-7 sports. Wes, thank you for the time. Uh, So let's just start with the environment. I know you're out there. Uh, I would feel like the energy is palpable when it comes to this matchup for Tennessee and Alabama. You're right. It is. There's there's no question about it. I mean, when you get – you know, you, you get college game day in town and you get uh, SEC Nation in town and you get the top, the first game between top ten opponents in this stadium since, like, 1999. I mean, it's 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 pretty nuts. You know, the ball Navy is out there rocking. People have been in force and vibing all day long. There's a lot of orange in the stadium already. It's, it's going to be a show. Wes, when you're looking at this game, aside from looking at the standpoint – of Tennessee and what their offense can do. What are you thinking about Tennessee's defense today? Because Alabama has been vulnerable on the road, and we know they're, I I don't want to call quarterback issues, but they could go either way. And despite whichever quarterback it's going to be, again, Alabama hasn't been as dominant as years past. So what are you expecting on the side of the Volunteers' defense in this game? You know, that's a good question. I, I think a good day for Tennessee defensively would just be to be good in big situations, right? You know, third down, red zone. I, I don't think they have the the, the armor to be a, a, a dominant defense. I mean, they're really good up front, I think. Uh, the front seven overall, they're good. They're really good against the run. Uh, but they they get exposed on the back end, and they got another starter out today with McCullough not being able to play. So, I, I mean, I, I think they're going to give up yards. They're going to give up plays. If they're good in the red zone and they're good on third down, fourth down, then that'll probably probably be enough with the way Tennessee plays offense. But you know, obviously, it's it's a uh, you know stopping Jameer Gibbs in space is not a fun thing to do. Wes, uh, when you look at this offensive line for Tennessee, how do you think it holds up against Will Anderson in that front of Alabama? I think it's the matchup of the day, guys. No. Honestly, I do. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's a more underrated group nationally than Tennessee's offensive line. I mean, there was a great stat this week that. I think the national average is teams get blitzed on 27% of their dropbacks. Tennessee gets blitzed 33% of the time, which is well more than the national average. 
And yet Tennessee's second nationally in, in, you know, percentages allowed on pressure, like 16% or something like that. I mean, those two numbers together, that's just crazy. And we knew going into the season that Tennessee had two good guards, a good center, and a good right tackle. And the left tackle situation's been okay. So it's not based anything quite like Will Anderson yet. But I will say that, you know, Allie Gay and DJ Ogilari from LSU, those are two NFL players they've got there on the end. And they didn't hardly allow pressure all day long in that game. So I think that, to me, is the matchup of the day. Uh, will Anderson had, I think, what, eight tackles and two sacks last year in this game. Uh, if, if he does something like that or more today, then that's going to be that's going to be bad news for Tennessee. Wes, when we're looking at the spread, you know, Tennessee's catching nine points, and I think everybody sees that as an attractive side because Alabama, as I was alluding to in my prior question with their offense, has had some lapses. But if you're someone looking to take the points with Tennessee, what would you maybe say to someone out there to go, well, yeah, I don't maybe disagree, but there is this weakness with Tennessee that Alabama could expose. What would be that weakness that you've seen out of Tennessee that you're a little scared about in this matchup? Honestly, it's the way that they play defense in space. I, I just don't know that they've been they've been very good in that area. It's not what they do best. I mean, they, they they've got some holes on the back end, and, and that gives you problems. Now, the question on the other side, and I think it's a very fair question. There seems like there's been this binary discussion on whether Bryce Young plays or he doesn't play, but there's a whole lot of stuff in the middle there. Like he's got an injured throwing shoulder. I mean, guys, Tennessee puts hits on the quarterback. No defense in the SEC puts more pressure on the quarterback statistically than Tennessee does. They're going to hit it if he plays. So does he have that arm strength and accuracy like normal? Can he put that zip on those deep outs? Uh, does he want to run at all? Or will he have to slide and get down? How many hits can he take? There's a whole lot of middle ground there that I think is, is really interesting. And that, to me, is why the spread moving the way it did late didn't shock me, but it surprised me a little bit because Cedric Tillman's not playing, but he hadn't played the past couple of weeks and Tennessee's been okay there. So I, I don't know. I, I, the general rule of thumb is that Vegas knows more than me. I have accepted that a long time ago, but I, I, I don't know. There's something about there's questions there with that Alabama offense that will make me a little bit, a little bit nervous. All right, Wes, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, what do you expect to happen tonight? I expect Alabama to win, but I don't know that it'll cover. If you look at the past two years, uh, look at Alabama's road games the past two years. I think there's been five or six true road games. Only a couple of them have have been blowouts. They've all been close four or five times in the past couple of years. They've been really, really threatened on the road. And I mean, this environment today, this team, Bama's had close calls against teams worse than Tennessee. So I do think Bama will find a way to win, but I don't know if they'll cover. Wes Rucker out there in Tennessee. Thank you very much for the time today, sir. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime, guys. Yep. Wes Rucker again, Tennessee College Football Reporter, 247 Sports is the spot. All right, a couple of updates very quickly. So uh, I think, uh, Elliot, you were asking from an in-game standpoint total-wise for Oklahoma, Kansas. I think this is the thing we're looking for here now. So Jason Bean throws an interception. Oklahoma's got a third and goal. What we're hoping for here, I would I would think, for my own strategy, and Daniel, I'll ask you about this, touchdown from Oklahoma, get that total up a little bit more, and then come in to bet this under, because this is the point now where you get a little bit later in the game, the deficit is going to potentially extend here if you're uh, Kansas, and they haven't had a great amount of success offensively. You might get a spike in this total, look to bet this under, as Oklahoma, after they score here, might be looking to take the air out of the ball. Yeah, and I mean... There's still plenty of time left, but the issue is Kansas got off to a nice start, and then they've really been figured out by this Oklahoma defense that needs a game where they can finally, you know, hang their defensive, uh, I guess, pros on where you're like, all right, we finally stepped up and did something with Venables as our head coach who's a defensive guy. This could probably be that mark. So, yeah, Oklahoma's going to maybe tack on one more touchdown here where they're being aggressive with their passing, and then they'll really try to implement that run game. And the defense is still going to play to the very end because of those reasons, because they've been so awful um, in coming into this game, and they really need – to get some confidence going on that side of the ball. So, uh, yeah, 87 and a half is what we're seeing. I'll wait to see the next touchdown we can get in this game and how soon it's going to be and see if it gets back up into the 90s. And if that's the case, 
yeah, then I think we have a really good shot at jumping in on that under. Yeah, the uh, What's happening, we have a stoppage of play because they're reviewing uh, a play at the goal line. Dylan Gabriel laced one over the middle, and um, receiver was met right at the goal line. I don't think he got in. I thought it was relatively clear that he did not get in, uh, but they are, of course, going to review this to see if the ball crossed the plane because Oklahoma ran up to the line of scrimmage to run a play on fourth and goal. So, again, we're waiting to see if this touchdown uh, did indeed cross the goal line and if this is going to be a touchdown or a fourth down attempt for Oklahoma. Keep an update on that as we wait to see uh, what the result is going to be in that matchup. Other games going on. I know you've been watching this, so what's going on here? Because I have not been looking. Uh, Illinois with a first and goal or second and goal now, it seems, up 20-14. to 14. Yeah, Minnesota's been incredibly infuriating uh, in this, I guess, last 10 minutes of the game. So they had a fourth and two near midfield. And JBT, I really wanted them to go for it because that's exactly what Illinois wanted you to do, right? They were kind of getting pushed their backs up against the wall despite – uh, them not getting a first down for Minnesota. You could still kind of tell the momentum was on their side. They punt the ball away, and Illinois has been able to move the ball down every single time except for like two other times, and the running game's been tremendous. I mean, you've made DeVito look like an all-star of a quarterback out here, and then they had a third and nine, Illinois, and they hand the ball off, and they get the first down with ease. Then they throw a pass to the end zone on the first and 10, and it was pass interference, hence why they're down in the goal line. But Minnesota's defense has just really been annoying right now. And P.J. Flex, lack of aggression is something that you really can't implement right now based on how Tanner Morgan hasn't been great when you get the fourth and short take it, and your defense is just getting beat up and exposed left and right. The separation these receivers are getting is every single time for Illinois. It's just a walk in the park for them right now. I mean, granted, they did get stopped in the red zone in the other time they were there. We'll see if they do again. But still, even if they're held to a field goal, I don't have any confidence in Minnesota to overcome this deficit. Keep running, keep running a read option for Dylan Gabriel. He's into the end zone. So we have a touchdown for Oklahoma. Flag is thrown. I think it's like an unsportsmanlike. It came after the play. So they are going to go up 41-21 with an extra point pending. See what happens with that in-game total here. But that's kind of what we're waiting for. And I would say that this is a good spot to look under the total for a number that I would assume is going to be just around 90 or so between Oklahoma and Kansas. And to give Sean Clifford some credit, uh, he is, he's keeping him alive, man. And he actually – so he, he almost threw an interception. It was a terrible pass. <laughs> Comes back bad. on the next play with some good pocket mobility, shakes off the sack, scrambles for three, and then converts, a first, uh, converts that for a first down. Penn State's got a first down. we got a penalty flag. It does look like it might be going against Penn State. We'll see if that is going to be the case uh, here. No, it's against Michigan. So that's a good job uh, for or a good thing for the Nittany Lions. All right, we'll update that. We'll continue to roll on. Last 30 minutes of Live Bet Saturday with Danny and myself. We'll find out what's happening with Penn State as they finally have some offense going. And uh, don't look now, but Auburn, the comeback is live. We'll update what's happening over there in Mississippi. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. NASCAR playoffs are in full swing, and it's time to see all of your favorite drivers in fabulous Las Vegas. South Point 400 tomorrow, folks, at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. VEASAN's own Brenton Musburger is going to be the grand marshal of the race, and we'll broadcast from the track tomorrow morning on Brenton Musburger's countdown to kickoff for odds and insight on betting the South Point 400. Download the Gone Racing podcast today. Uh, I teased this, so I want to update it before we get into any other conversations. I mentioned the comeback being real. Uh, well, Miss Ole Miss and uh, Auburn, Got a game on our hands here. This is pretty fascinating. Now, Ole Miss did score. Uh, they tacked on a field goal. So they were up 28-24. Remember, everybody, uh, that Ole Miss actually had a 21-0 lead. Auburn really cut into that in the second quarter, scored 17 points, got a touchdown early in the third as well. So it is 31-24 now, Auburn getting the ball back. Uh, but the Tigers, all of a sudden, with some life, just slowly cutting away um, for Mississippi, which it's I think it got to be a little – I mean, obviously, up 21 nothing. you got to be disappointed here. But this is an Auburn team that a lot of people think are pretty much dead, Danny. Like uh, Ryan Harson, it seems, is going to be fired. Uh, a lot of people don't want him there. And yet they did continue to kind of scrap and claw in a couple of these spots, and that includes this one here against Ole Miss uh, from an in-game standpoint right now. Nine and a half the spread with a total of 78 and a half. Yeah, Auburn has uh, really been kind of all over the place this season and again you know tip your cap to them from coming back from that 21 to nothing deficit but you look at the stats i mean old miss it's really been dominating this game mm -hmm. 19 to 11 the advantage in the first downs 
Uh, total yards, 346 to 275. Now, both teams really haven't been passing the ball that well, but rushing-wise, Ole Miss, 230 rushing yards on 38 attempts, 6.1 yards per carry. So if you think this Ole Miss defense can step up, make a big stop like we've seen them do a lot of times this season, and then they can just at least get another score here. I think I would be looking to live bet Ole Miss despite them kind of blowing that lead, JVT. You know, it may be a spot they weren't expecting to be in so early, so then naturally, just kind of by how the tempo of some games go, they got a little bit complacent defensively, but now they know with their backs against the wall, they got to step it up, and I think they're capable of doing it, so I honestly would look toward Ole Miss if I had to bet something here we got a huge play coming in uh, ann arbor michigan 24 penn state 17 they got a fourth and six it was actually a really great scramble for 13 yards on a third and 19 after an offensive pass interference uh, from sean clifford that set them up here in that territory too close to kick too far or too, too far to kick excuse me too close to punt uh and they call a timeout to draw up a play with again you're just going with these one-on-one routes it was essentially a corner out to the slot receiver, and he beat his man to a little bit, but that's a tight window and a weird play to throw it to. It's going to be it's incomplete. A catch. Yeah. Like, it's like a Jim Edmonds catch. Like, he's turned away to make – you got to make a perfect throw that you're expecting out of Clifford. And granted, it wasn't too bad, JBT, but it's just not really cross-field the type of play that you want on fourth and six. It was there. Receivers got to come up with it, but still, I just feel like there's a better way to go about uh, it. And then just immediately after that, this this running de- this run defense, which was supposed to be really strong, right up the middle, touchdown Michigan. Yep. That's that's brutal. That that offensive pass interference, you're going to go back and look at that. That was yeah. the, That's the backbreaker, it seems. Uh, not the touchdown, but for that drive. I mean, when you're looking at converting a first down, instead you're staring at a third and 19 that just kills the drive. And then immediately after that, you give up a touchdown run. 30 to 17 extra point coming for Michigan with Blake Corum uh, doing his thing here again. Man, what a brutal swing for Penn State who looked like they were moving the ball again here. So we'll update that once the extra point is good. But Michigan up on top by double digits now. And we'll see what the in-game market says about this contest as Michigan, remember, before the game was about a seven-point favorite, seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and is indeed going to be laying a solid number here after that big play. So we go from here. I know that we have some adjusted win totals to discuss because, again, a lot of markets will hang up these adjusted win totals in college football. You can look around as the uh, you know the weeks shift. You can maybe find some uh, some spots to play these. There were two that stuck out to me you want to get your thoughts on. One of them is actually a game that's underway, so we'll get this out of the way quickly. Uh, Texas, right? Texas, from a uh, adjusted win total standpoint, still at 8.5. The over, talk about like plus 125 or so, Danny. And again, looking at the path that Texas would potentially have to take going forward, there's a lot of ranked opponents on there, but it, they're winnable games. I think Iowa State, who they're taking on now, they're obviously up. But the Oklahoma State game, that's more winnable than I think it looks on paper because Oklahoma State, I think, is a little fraudulent is strong, but not as good as they seem to be. On the road against Kansas State is a very tough matchup for them. Then home against TCU, getting a Kansas team that defensively has its issues. We're seeing that play out again against Oklahoma, a team that, by the way, Texas beat up 49 to nothing. Then home game against Baylor. It is a pretty manageable schedule for a team like Texas, who is now at full strength with Quinn Ewers back. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying here. I, I just feel like it is manageable as it could be. I just feel like these are going to be games where even if they win, it, it's not going to be very smooth. There's going to be a lot of bumps or, or, along the way. Sorry, I can't speak right now. Along the way. And it where it could come down to kind of a 50-50 coin flip at the end. So that's why, even though I do think they'll end up winning a majority of these games, I, I don't think it's necessar- necessarily uh, worth the bet to go over on it. And I know, like you said, JVT, I mean, assuming they can win this game against Iowa state, it's going to adjust. And Hey, I mean, even if it gets up to like nine or something, I just don't think it's really worth it at that point either. I think I would rather get something almost to what you were saying earlier, where if you got a lot of value on them, whether it's to win the conference, whether it's to maybe sneak into the college football playoff, not saying that I believe they will, but in terms of value, that would almost maybe be worth more of a look than kind of sweating out this win total that would come right to it at the end of the year. Hmm. This is a pretty big swing that we just watched. So Ole Miss, in danger of letting this game slip away, decides to go for the onside kick after scoring, wow. uh, after kicking a field goal. And it looks like they've recovered uh, it. You got a flag on the field, so we'll see if this stands. Uh, but Ole Miss with a little bit of a surprise here, going for the onside kick and recovering Frost it. Up. 
All right, so bold move. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if they're actually going to get it. So there's there's a holding call in the field. So we'll we'll see what's happening. I don't want to focus on that and sit here and just stare at a screen for you. So we'll see if that's going to actually swing things. Uh, but a pretty bold move, as you said, uh, for Ole Miss. Really quickly, because we're going around here, I want to come back to a game that we were discussing. So this Oklahoma-Kansas game is kind of playing out as we talked about, right? Kansas gives up the touchdown. They don't do anything with their ensuing drive. Give the ball back to Oklahoma. So now you're starting to see this kind of take on the shape of, hey, one team's got the lead. Let's slow this down a little bit from a scoring standpoint. And Kansas has really not shown any consistency uh, in terms of their own offense against Oklahoma's defense. You're starting to see this game trend toward that under. I think Did you say in-game it reached as high as 100? Is that the highest score you saw? I, I didn't see a hundred personally. Okay. I don't know if Elliot maybe mentioned that or producer, but uh, yeah, I wasn't looking at that game as closely earlier, but it did just hit 90 and a half after it got the 42 to 21. And now, yeah, we're seeing it at 86. In the so 96 and a half was the highest point. We saw this in game total. And I, I think we're at the point now we're going to continue to see this kind of drop. Cause even if again, Oklahoma who gets a big play here scores, this is all about keeping Kansas at bay, which seemingly Oklahoma has. And once you get the ball back, if you indeed even score another touchdown here, Oklahoma is going to be in no rush to run their offense. So unless they get like three explosive plays against Kansas defense, you're going to start to see them take the foot off the pedal. As Dylan Gabriel, by the way, just takes a massive shot downfield. Uh, they're not slowing down right now, at least. But you're going to start to get in that territory uh, for Oklahoma. And there's a flag on the play. It looks like Kansas is going to be called for pass interference on that. Only 15 yards, though, as we know. Okay. Any of these win totals that, uh, that stuck out to you? I think like Tennessee is a pretty interesting uh, team. I think if you evaluate the volunteer schedule, so their win total adjusted. Remember, it was seven and a half preseason, adjusted to 10 before this week, over at even money. Uh, from Tennessee's scheduling standpoint going forward, because obviously you have the Alabama game, you're an underdog at home. Uh, the probability is that you are going to lose this game. But UT Martin, Kentucky, both home games, road against Georgia, and then Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. I mean, Again, you have to steal one of either Alabama or Georgia. Uh, but like looking at this, it, it is a manageable path to get to at the very least ten victories moving forward here for Tennessee. As long as you don't slip up against UT Martin, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, or Vanderbilt to go over that, though, you're talking about stealing this home game against Alabama or on the road against Georgia. Yeah, I, man, it's it's tough with Tennessee, especially with that price. I just wouldn't really care to get involved per se, but there certainly is a path for them to get there. I mean, yeah, even with the two losses, realistically, they'll probably get over it. So if you told me you were betting it, I wouldn't be talking you out of it, but it just wouldn't be the one that would probably draw the most interest. I'm kind of looking at a team I know you like a lot, JVT, and uh, that's TCU. And what, they're at eight and a half with their win total that we're seeing? There is some juice to the over minus 165. So JVT, looking at it, you know, they got Oklahoma State today. Uh, you and I both think they'll probably win that game. We lean more toward them. You get Kansas State at home, you could probably beat that spot. You get you're on the road against West Virginia. Winnable game to me. Texas Tech. I mean, maybe you drop one to them and at Texas, but Iowa State and Baylor. It's tough games, but winnable. I, I right now you're sitting at five and zero. Oh. That's a spot where I would actually lay the juice to bet the over on TCU. And again, you would be doing it now if you think they're going to beat Oklahoma State. But if you're kind of scared, you think it's 50-50 or they could lose, wait, see if you get a better number. But I have confidence in them today, and I have confidence in them getting over that win total. That would be the one that I like the most. That sound you hear is folks out in Texas stretching the collars out. Uh, they were only up 17-14, the Longhorns are, and a big play for Iowa State. Has him uh, well into Texas territory, so we'll see if the Longhorns can turn this away. But Xavier Hutchinson on the left sideline with a massive grab. Iowa State working inside the 20-yard line of Texas. We'll be back here on Live Bet Saturday. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Live that Saturday. Hey, a reminder too, all you guys who have friends, I'm not one of you. Here's a chance for both of you and your friend to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign in to your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM. And once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, they're going to receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager's settled, you're going to receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM. Get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All Promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Some updates for all y'all. Really quickly, before we get to the pro tip, a a big run for Iowa State puts them into the end zone. And don't look now, but the Longhorns, who were 16.5-point favorites before the game began, are down 21-17 to to the Cyclones. So, uh... Not a great start to the march to the college football playoff for Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns. So a little bit of a problem there. In-game right now, Iowa State, a one-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 46-and-a-half as we have about 11 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma, Kansas. Uh, Kansas has cut into that deficit here a little bit. It is 42-28. Uh, total from an in-game standpoint now back up to 91 and a half, still under the high that we saw of 96 and a half. But still, now this is kind of changing the game script. It leads us to our next pro tip: uh, look to bet in-game totals under in high-scoring games where one team has a dominant lead. Uh, we were talking about Kansas, Oklahoma. We're still again underneath that market high of 96 and a half. One of the better examples was a couple of weeks ago, TCU in Oklahoma, where TCU was going back and forth with the Sooners, and TCU kept scoring and scoring and scoring, and future Heisman winner Max Duggan was dominating the Sooners. Uh, but ultimately, that game goes under an in-game total. I think it reached as high as 97.5, something in that range. Uh, but regardless, that's kind of what you're looking for here. So we'll see if this goes along that same path, as again, we're still under that market high. Some other updates for you. Uh, first off, Ole Miss and Auburn. So Ole Miss does get uh, pretty oniony, we'll call it. Recovers the onside kick, goes to score the touchdown, goes up 38-24. Big pass play from Auburn gets him downfield. Oh, but their runner steps out of bounds here on the next play. It looked like he had a touchdown going for him, but steps out of bounds. So Auburn is not going to score on this play. The score remains, but they are having uh, they got a first and goal at the uh, Ole Miss 10-yard line, we'll call it. So Auburn knocking on the door to see if they can cut into this score. And uh, in other spots, Penn State, 31-17, the score there. That's what they face. And I don't think, I think Michigan's got a first down here. Yes, they do. Brilliant. 
Uh, looked like Penn State had an opportunity to get off the field, Danny. Not the case. Michigan up 31-17 with a first and 10, 105 and rolling into Penn State territory. Yeah, I mean, Penn State's had their chances, man. I mean, that penalty called back was a bummer. Penn State could have had a fumble recovery. The Michigan running back clearly lost it. And then whoever was close to it on defense was kind of just standing around and didn't jump on it right away and still could have had it, but didn't rip it away. And the offensive lineman recovered. And yeah, they go for it on fourth and one and get it with ease. I mean, there's nothing at this point that Penn State can do to stop this Michigan offense. Penn State just needs a McCarthy mistake or a fumble to go their way because they're incredibly depleted. Uh, like you said, Penn State's offense was moving the ball, but that penalty was so killer. And then you just really let all the air out of the balloon. I, you got nothing left here. And Michigan's got you right where they want them. They're just going to keep pounding the rock on the ground. And even if they settle for a field goal, that's going to be enough for them to feel comfortable with what we've seen from their defense. So uh, unfortunately for our bet, not looking great, JBT. We kind of need a miracle here. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get it, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, Rashawn Johnson for Texas, big run to the 14-yard line. Uh, so Texas has moved pretty quickly here. They get the ball at their own 25-yard line, and then three plays, five yards, 14 yards, 14 yards. They are already down to the Iowa State 42-yard line, and then right after that, another big run that sets them up at the Iowa State. We'll call this the 26-yard line. So they're already in scoring position, Texas. Uh, where is this all game, right? Uh, you struggle, you go down in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, just like that, you are into Iowa State territory. So we'll keep an eye there. Uh, give us an update on your matchup here, Illinois and Minnesota, as Illinois does have a 23-14 lead. And it looks like uh, the Illini got a pretty good shot here. I'd say it's very highly probable yeah. that they're going to improve to 6-1 and one on the season. Yeah, I was going to say, I pretty much just turned it off because this Minnesota defense is pathetic right now, and I still can't get over that P.J. Fleck and his lack of aggression, and he actually put faith in his defense when they were down six. Like, Illinois had your number all day. The receivers are getting whatever they want right now, and Chase Brown is having a fantastic game with his running efforts. Maybe Minnesota's just not that good of a team at this point. I think that's what we have to look at from this game too, JVT. It's not just that Illinois is actually a competitive bunch, which they are. And we've, you know, had that preconceived notion, maybe not me as much since I faded them, but uh, the market clearly did. It's more so that Minnesota's offense isn't as lethal as we were led to believe after their first several games. I mean, they got nothing going against Purdue. You had a bye week to prepare for Illinois. You got your star running back back in the mix who did have a great game, but Tanner Morgan didn't do squat in the air. So look, you, you give the recognition, all the props to Illinois and their defense and their play calling. But I just don't know how we go forward thinking about Minnesota. Maybe we got to downgrade them a little bit. And look, Illinois, I mean, man, is this really a team we got to consider being top of the Big Ten? I guess so, based on how all the other schools are looked. Uh, and I will say uh, this schedule sets up nicely for Illinois. I mean, you're talking about a road game against Nebraska, consecutive home games against Michigan State and Purdue. There is a, a realistic chance that Illinois enters the road game in Ann Arbor on November 19th. Uh, with one or maybe two losses, but uh, the schedule does set up nicely for Illinois, and uh, they are in the midst of a very strong season, obviously. Yeah. You imagine a one-loss Illinois going to the Big Ten championship game to face uh, Ohio State. Huh? <laughs> what a matchup. It's just remarkable if that's the case. I mean, Brett Bielema has been doing, you know, miracle work there in Champaign. Uh, in, in terms of that schedule, like, Illinois going to Nebraska should be a tough spot, but they've had Nebraska's number really the past several seasons, especially last year with that opening game. So I wouldn't put any confidence in Nebraska. The tough one is going to Purdue because Purdue is obviously always a sneaky, very tough out and Purdue's going to be vying for that spot as well. So that would be probably the other spot before Michigan that you could maybe mark as a loss, a true road test for Illinois in that game. But yeah, man, I mean, this run game's been fantastic. And DeVito hasn't made mistakes. That's been the big thing here. And defense has clearly held strong, especially against the Minnesota offense. Again, who we had probably higher expectations for. So, um, yeah, Illinois having a real shot there. Who would have thunk it? A brilliant response from Texas, but they are in a little bit of dicey territory. It's getting tighter. It's four-down territory, I would assume, but they have a third and goal at the half-yard line against Iowa State. So you give up the lead, immediately go right downfield. They're going to have two cracks at this with 525 left to go in the fourth quarter. All right, bets for later tonight. Let's go to the Pac-12. I know you got something here between Utah and USC. Yeah, so this one I got later. I laid the three with Utah earlier this week. Uh, look, I still think Utah is really a tough team. 
to look at in college football. If we keep the same thought process that we had coming into this year, again, JVT, I think you and I could kind of agree like that week one spot against Florida was just really a tough start to your season going down in Gainesville. And you know, your first games of the season are always going to be kind of wonky and you saw how the market was moving. So them losing, that wasn't a shocker them losing at UCLA. It's not that that was a shocker, but it's more like, yeah, UCLA is a pretty tough squad, but Utah still had their chances to compete in that game. You had two brutal turnovers that caused a huge benefit on the side of the Bruins. So now they're coming into this spot at home prime time. They're going to be ticked off. They need this game to keep their playoff hopes alive, to keep any postseason hopes alive. And conversely with USC, I, I get that they're a fun team and that offensively they've been a revelation since Lincoln Riley's gone there. But what else would you expect? When you're bringing over Caleb Williams with Lincoln Riley as your head coach, that's not something that is taking anybody off guard right now. The defense is getting some credit because they're only allowing about 19 points per game. But who have they faced, JBT? Nobody. Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. Good for you. I, I mean, you've limited them, but it hasn't been that pretty. But now you're getting a Utah team that, again, is going to be really frustrated coming into the spot, already averaging 40 points per game. This seems like a really good spot for the Utes. So I lead the three. I think they pulled this thing off, and I think they're going to get back on track after this game. I like it. All right. I, I laid it with Clemson. We talked a little bit about this earlier in the day, but I think this banged up Florida State squad that blew it against NC State last weekend. I'm not sure if the market's really caught up with the fact that Clemson, I, I think, is actually probably like, hey, there's a gap, but the fourth best team in the country, DJU, has improved greatly. Uh, his passing numbers are much better than they were last year, and it does look like this offense is really catching on for Davo Sweeney. So late three and a half earlier in the week, it's up to four and a half there against the Seminoles. A very good game later today. All right. Well, that does it for us. Uh, Live Bet Saturday is going to continue, and it's actually perfect because Paul Stone's going to be here at the desk uh, going forward. And Texas got a big one. They get turned away on third down. Steve Sarkeesian calls a timeout. So we got a fourth and goal here with just under five minutes left to go. Longhorns trailing 21-17 to Iowa State. 16 and a half point favorite, 16 point favorite in danger of losing outright in this matchup. Danny, always good to talk to you, buddy. Had fun as always. Uh, we will be back next weekend in this spot. I'll be back tomorrow for Live Bet Sunday. And remember, we're tight. We got a college football vibe here. College football lines revealed at 11 a.m. Pacific time as we look ahead to the next week of college football action. You can find that as part of the college football betting podcast lineup, which you can check out wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, see you next weekend. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.